0: Joe we really appreciate all the things that you brought out in your study this day so many things about God and a mindset of God leading to a life for God and so we appreciate that we now have the question answer period we will have the microphone uh, coming to those that have questions or comments we ask you to raise your hand and please stand and ask the question very loudly and clearly if you have those or comments. Bob Cunningham, and then we'll have Skylar Walker next.
1: That was awesome, Joe. I really appreciate it. Uh, Would you say a a little bit more about the difference between Yahweh and Jehovah, why those different consonants have been changed you know from y to j and
2: would you talk about that well uh uh j is something that's been uh added in in modern times uh and uh maybe we really had y is a con- is one of the letters there but uh I think like in the last five hundred years they came up with the letter j and still are saying uh uh, use the Y, somehow they started using the J, and that's how they come in there, like for Jesus, and that Jesus is Yeshua, and all that, In the, the old way it was spelled, all of it had a Y in it instead of a instead of a, a J. And uh, J- Yahweh is really Hebrew, and uh, get down to what we call Jehovah, they really are trying to get to the Greek, and they Eng- say it in a Greek and an English way, uh, in, in that uh, format. But when we uh, think about those names, Sometimes I think about them is that I don't know what we even shun from using God's name. God just told us don't use his name in vain. He just told us not to use his name. And, uh, and uh, his names were set up in the Bible so that it would be said that people would be hearing God's name so much that uh, I guess you might be saying they'd be using it so much that it be just drive home who God really is by all the different attachments to his name.
3: Thank you for the lesson Um, in response uh, along the same lines uh, it was a great example of how the names that you give to God show reverence for him I know that there can be a debate and many times as to whether a culture or not is using the proper name for God such as Allah Uh, my question for you is do you think that every culture has what we would consider to be a direct translation of what we, need, we know to be Yahweh, or is it acceptable for them to have some kind of derivative that, that respects him by a certain attribute? Uh, like, um, for instance, calling him the great spirit. Is that something accurate to, um, to name him by? Or uh, the, the mightiest one? Uh, are those types of descriptions uh, equal To what we would call him or know him to be referred to in in the Hebrew uh, scriptures?
2: Well, when you get down to God, especially in the Old Testament, because the Old Testament really focuses on God the Father, I would say, and the New Testament on God the Son. Over in the Old Testament, there are many titles and names given to God. So it's a little different between titles and names. When you're talking about the Great Spirit and other things like that, those will fall in the category of what is called titles. A name is something specific and direct, like for individual, everybody here has a name. That is something specific. For example, the President of the United States, I can say the President, everybody know who the President is. But we said President Joe Biden, or Joe Biden, everybody know specifically who he is. And that's his name. And that's different between a name and a title. So when we get down to it, uh, it's different between saying names and titles. So when God's in his word, uh, we look at his name. That is something that is special, and the things tied to it. When we pronounce pronouncing his name, makes it something special and makes it something more important uh, when we use it in that fashion. When we use it a name instead of just using a title in reference to him. And so, there's much more to be said, but i just say it at that in short form.
0: President Noah, thank you for your presentation, brother. Nobody could accuse you of not being thorough. You've done a great job. Mm-hmm. My question has to do with dress for worship. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, there was a dress code for the priesthood, and we don't have something equivalent to that under the New Testament. So do you have any practical advice for uh, people about how to dress for worship and, and convey respect for God? And my other question is, what about someone who maybe is coming off of a work shift, like they work as a nurse and they don't have time to change before coming to worship? Do you have any thoughts about that kind of situation?
2: Well, we get down to God is that, first of all, you got to honor and respect for God. And the Bible tells us about our modesty in doing different things. And also, when you look in the Bible, it lets us know it. It, it, it gives us what I would say sometimes, the thing about serving God is uh, because, uh, what I might use the word status or things that are going on. Like, for example, we look at John the Baptist and people might look at him as a nobody and this, that, there and the other because of his, what he had on the different things. But when it comes down to people that are really serving God and what you would call going to the uh, temple, uh, uh, things along uh, a line, they had some they had time to think about what they was going to do and everything so that they would approach them as you said the uh the uh uh priest and everyone that served at the tabernacle, they had special clothing that they had to wear it wasn't something generic or whatever they had to, because when you understand the priest uh they was representing uh, something special to God. In other words, some of them didn't know what they were really representing. To God was Jesus in a way in the Old Testament. And so every time you find out things in that fashion, it was always something special in the detail because when they represented different things uh, about God about Jesus. For example, I just said this, sometimes people don't think about it. The whole Jewish lifestyle was based upon uh, Jesus and many other aspects, things that they were special in that people had to dress a certain way they didn't know it at the time, they were reflecting some attribute of some aspect about Jesus, like the priest, the prophets, and uh, a different one. But uh, when uh, we look at dress today and uh, how things sometimes, what we call loosely done, and not, you know, not doing things based upon a fashion code, it gets down to what our true hearts and minds is about when we think about God. If we really think about God, uh, we're going to dress accordingly because we're thinking about coming into the presence of God. And we're thinking about coming into the presence of God, like Jesus talked about them coming to the uh, wedding feast. And so, if you're going to go to one wedding, you think about what you are going uh, to wear. So, if you're thinking about coming to God, you think about that in the same way, in the same fashion. And a minute, a lot time we could spend just on that. I got a lesson alone just on what it talked about uh, clothing and addressing the things along that line. But that's in short form. I just make the statement.
0: Mr. Marcus? <clears throat> Thank, you. <clears throat> Thank you for your lesson. Definitely appreciate it. Um, could you elaborate more upon the name God? Uh, like the meaning, where it came from. This is a simple G-O-D. And also, is that term or name for God, is that giving God less reverence? So should we call him or address him by one of those names that you mentioned from the Greek or the Hebrew?
2: Well, uh, well, we just said God, G-O-D. Oh, in Old Testament, it's three three words for God over there. You got E-L for God. You got E-L-O-A-H. You got Elohim. Elohim is the plural form. And, and technically all these forms could even reform, refer to just gods of other people also. And so, uh, the, But uh, the way that it's used in its context distinguished the uh, regular God from everyone else. And so really when it gets down to what is called the name of God, the real names of God that is over in the Old Testament, that's when God is truly distinguished from Everyone else than just saying God. For example, I say it this way the word God is kind of like we saying president. Everybody knows president ill every time somebody says it. But when they say his name, they know you're making it specific to who that individual is when it's talking about uh, God. You know, you can hold, uh, you just said God, just said a term God. If you got a crowd of people here and it's just like I said this, you're at a football stadium, and you said God, so you got people there from all kind of backgrounds and nationalities. So when you just said God in that setting, they think about the God that tied today uh, or religion. And so that's just a broad term in that way when it's talking about God. But when it's talking about when you get specific with his name, that distinguished him completely from everyone else and, of what he's all about and one of the things that I didn't get into my lesson on this was that talking about God uh, when he, using his name and the way that the psalmist used it he made God personal he don't just use it a lot of time. we talk about God and things in, in general terms but when you really read the Old Testament and read about how I'd be talking about God it never is not in a general form for, ex, ex, for example Uh, the psalmist says the Lord is my shepherd the Lord is my fortress the Lord uh, is my high and mighty tower and the list goes on and on that's making God personal to him and that is talking about what God is to you it's not talking about everybody else but it's to you and that's what the psalmist is trying to get down to everything about God is to you is personal it's not something that is just uh, general and many other things that he talk, when he's using and he's talking about God, I kind of break it down like this. In our English language, we got what is called nouns. And nouns is what is called a person, a place, and a thing. But when the Bible talks about God, for us to grasp God, it relates God and the different aspects for us to grasp as a person, place, and a thing. And we do not even think, we don't really get into that because that kind of goes beyond. That's why I say it in the end when it talks about eternal life. Most people think eternal life is something out there in the never-never land. The Bible tells us that Jesus is eternal life and we don't think of that. We think it's something besides him. He himself is eternal life. And when Jesus said he's the real direction in the life, he didn't say I'm going to provide the real direction in the life. He said I'm it. And so that's what it get down to in the Bible. It's talking about God is this, the embodiment of it, and that makes it different than what we think about, just something. He providing this or doing this, just bringing out who he is to the core value of what God truly is all about. I cover a little bit more than what you're saying <clears> though.
0: <throat> okay. We have uh, David Griffin next. Oh, and then Richard Bunner.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I agree with the brother who said you were very thorough. Uh, covered a lot of information there. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, my question is, uh, you mentioned some of the translations that render the Hebrew Yahweh. Uh, there's a, a recent one that has been done. The Legacy Standard Bible renders yep. Yahweh for Uh, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh in the Old Testament the Hebrew word and I appreciate them doing that I think that certainly as you're reading it kind of of gives you a different impression of the descriptions of God and just references to God but my question is uh, as much as I appreciate that rendering for an English translation I wonder if you've had any thoughts or looked into the question of why it would be that the New Testament authors inspired by the same Holy Spirit, of course, as those of the Old Testament, why they did not use, why they would use the word Kyrios or Lord to ref, or Theos to refer to God, uh, rather than just giving us maybe a transliteration in Greek of Yahweh, you know, putting it in the English or to into Greek letters. I don't know if my question's clear or not, but they use yeah. Lord or God yeah. Or the Greek Uh, equivalents of those, rather than the Hebrew Yahweh, in maybe a Greek spelling. I just wondered if you thought about that or looked into that.
2: Well, I looked in, but the idea is, in the Old Testament, more the focus is on God, the Father, drilling it on. When you get to the New Testament, the focus changed to God, the Son, and so since it changed to God, the Son, it wasn't uh, trying to uh, because you, you got really. From the Old Testament, what you need about God the Father. So when you get to the New Testament, uh, since it wasn't going to try to put the emphasis on him, you got that from the Old Testament, and the New Testament was on God the Son. Then things changed over. to focus on the Son and the terminology and the things that were being used more in the Old Testament was directed toward the God the Son. For example, I did say it in my lesson, though. Nobody really know how to... Uh, Y-H-W-H. Nobody really know how to pronounce... Y H W H, vowels been put in to try to help us understand how to announce that name because the Jewish people do not want to use God's name. They are so scared they'll use it in vain. So, uh, they when they come up on it, they got a couple terms that they'll use when they see God's name uh, in the uh, Old Testament and Adonai, which we usually commonly use today. They use it, but. Uh, some of them don't even use Anadiah. They just look at that and say, well, uh, this, that, that, and the other, and just say that because they don't even want to use God's name, no way in vain. So that's how the high esteem that they use, uh, they think of God's name. But to your question was, over in the Old Testament, the focus is on the Father. And so that's why more things are written in that fashion. Then when they get to the New Testament, which are two words I know what you were talking about, about uh, God, it's really focused on God, the Son. And the terms over in the New Testament is is trying to get us to focus on God the Son and all his attributes and who he is to understand that he is the Messiah.
5: I enjoyed your talk very much. Uh, And a, a name is very important. We don't want to use the wrong name. Allah is not an acceptable name. I know that because I've been to Turkey and I saw a placard on a wall and I thought, huh, And I looked that up and it's a quotation from the Quran. It says, Allah, the eternal refuge, he neither begets nor is he begotten. That excludes the one that I worship then because he begot his his son, the only begotten of the father who's my king. So Allah is not in the equation. He's different and he's he's a false God. But I don't know that not using Yahweh or Jehovah shows disrespect. In fact, it might show more respect. My my dad's name was John Bunner. I never called him John, not one day in my life, because first of all, he would have thrashed me. I called him dad or I called him father out of respect. And when the disciple says, teach us to pray to God, he didn't yet before you young people decide, well, let's let's start spouting Yahweh or Jehovah. Jesus didn't say pray after this manner. Yahweh that's in heaven. He says, you pray our father that's in heaven. I think we show more respect to to God by addressing him as father than we would by calling him by Yahweh or by Jehovah. Clearly, the Bible says, you know, I, the YHWH is there, or El Shaddai, or Adonai. Those are, those are n- names. If someone asks me, who was your father, I can say, John Bunner, I use his name. But when I'm addressing my father, I, I, I would call him father or dad. I, I, dad is a, an unacceptable name for our earthly parents. I don't, don't call your heavenly father dad. I don't think that's a good idea. But I'm, I'm wanting you to see that this shows respect. I grew up in a different age than some of you younger people. You know, if someone was 20 years older than me, people that were associates of my, my parents, I might hear my parents talk about someone whose name was Charlie or someone whose name was Joe. I was never allowed to call these people by their first name. I had to say Mr. Smith, Mr. Jones. I could not call it because I would be corrected by my parents, I needed to show respect and I, I think we need to keep that in mind that, you know, respect is very important. And I'm like the Jews of old. I'm a little bit afraid to just spout off Yahweh or Jehovah, especially in my prayers to God. I just, I, I can't bring myself to do that. Uh, that's my thoughts. And I, I'm not taking away from anything you said, uh, brother. I'm just saying I... I'm old school on on showing respect, and uh, I'm going to have to continue to refer to God as my Father in Heaven.
2: It goes down to some things come down to culture and things down into time, but if you read the Old Testament and you look at the prayers that they did, they said God's name. <laughs> if you look at the Old Testament prayers, all the prayers through the Old Testament. All the people that were praying to God, they end up because we, you, we we had the word Lord there, and so we don't see where they were using God's name. But if you or substitute everywhere the prayers in the Old Testament, they were praying to God. They called God personally out by His name over in the Old Testament when they prayed to God. And certain things we get into about cultural things, Western culture, and and all these different things uh, about different things, but. kind of old I get, the more I study Jewish culture, be shocked about how much different Jewish culture and things they end in our Western culture and things along that line. That's good consideration.
0: Bobby Cunningham.
1: Joe, I've always wondered, um, you know, with the YHWH, the consonants that um, are given there for God's name. I always wondered, maybe, maybe we aren't supposed to. You know, you mentioned about the Old Testament, that part of it, but consonants couldn't be pronounced, right? Yeah, but so goes, how would they would So how would they, I guess I'm asking, how would they pronounce it if well, they were praying to God and consonants?
2: was well, that goes to the Hebrew language. Uh, the, the, the Hebrew language is not like the English language. They don't really have vowels. For us, in our English language, we put vowels in there to, to help us out. In the, in the uh, Jewish uh, language, it's stated in a way that once you understand the Jewish language, I guess the best term, things are inferred when you're saying a, a letter or different things so that you understand it. And that's, the, that's how it's set up in the uh, Jewish language. It's not we, They don't have to worry about it. Uh, uh, vowels. I see uh, so you're saying they everything. would know they would know how to pronounce it. Yeah, they know everything is set up in language, their language on constants and and so they would know what the vowels would they would know they just from there It's inferred to them how to when they look at a word or a term to, to bring it out for them not for us, but that's the idea
0: okay. We appreciate the questions the comments uh, Joe any summary remarks there
2: i just appreciate the uh, congregation here brothers and everyone to giving me this opportunity to just share a portion of god's word i always tell folks i don't know much and i always tell folks it ain't about me when i want to talk about god it's about him the focus is on him and anything you can get out from me just give god the glory and hope it'll help you in your life and i always think about god and who he is and have reverence and respect for him